Hey listeners, welcome to the Surf Coast Creatives Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Mellington, and with me today is co-host Ben Hucker. Welcome, Ben. Hey, Jess. How's it going? Season two. Yeah, it's good. Pretty excited to be here. We're sitting in Natalie Martin's art studio, so that leads us into our first guest for season two. Welcome, Natalie. Hi, Jess. Hey, Ben. Hey, Natalie. Thanks for joining us. We're really excited for season two. Um, would you mind telling our listeners about what you do? Cool. First, congrats on season one. It was awesome. Hey, cheers. Thanks for bringing the podcast to life. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun and yeah, can't wait to kick off season two today with your good self. So oh, thank you very much. keen to hear your story and everything about what you do. Happy to be here. Um, I'm an artist based on Surf Coast, obviously. I work predominantly in watercolour. Um, I based out on Ash- at Ashmore Arts, as you mentioned. Um, absolutely love it out here. I've been here for about four years now, working full time in art and design. Wow, that's amazing. And so, did you move here from? Are you originally from Torquay? Uh, I'm originally from the Dandenong Ranges, and then I moved to Melbourne for uni, and then I moved down here for my first full time job when I was about twenty. Three, I think I was working in the surf industry, and then just stayed. <laughs> never left. <laughs> I never left. I've been here eleven years now. That's, I think you're our eleventh guest that has blown in from Melbourne. There you go. 11, just, there's 11 been years a couple from overseas, guests. California and yeah. England and uh, the Netherlands, which was case, but yeah, yeah a, lo- a lot of people from Melbourne. <laughs> that's probably probably the longest eleven years, apart from Dave Graham. Yeah. Yeah. There you're you go. the you're the local. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know if I can still call myself that. I think you have to be born here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they say twenty years. You're in Jan Jack, aren't you? Yeah. They say twenty years for Jan Jack before yeah, right. they give you a passport. Don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's ten years for Torquay. <laughs> We've been two years, less than two years. So, well, Jess has been about four. So we're still blow-ins too. Yeah. All right. Well, so you said um, Dandenong Rangers. So did you start? Did you study, sorry, what did you say you studied? Uh, I studied graphic design originally. Um, I grew up in the Dandenong Ranges and that's probably, like, my mum was an art teacher and my dad's super creative and growing up in a fairly beautiful place is pretty inspiring from the get-go. Yeah. Um, and I studied graphic design, I did like every art subject humanly possible in school. I think I did four out of six year 12 subjects as art subjects and my teachers thought I was mad. Yeah. I was like, no, it's just what I know what I want to do. <laughs> There's not another option here. I couldn't even possibly sit through a math class or anything yeah. like this or like politics or anything. Yeah. Um, so I did uh, textiles, graphic design, studio art and art. Um, so four folios was pretty full on, but I just absolutely loved it. Um, and didn't want to go to and do fine art at uni at that point. I probably should have in retrospect because that was what I ended up chasing almost the whole time. But instead I chose graphic design because I thought there would be more of a a commercial aspect to it and um, job availability. Um, So I thought I'd take that route instead. And I really loved um, like the applied nature of graphic design where you have to really think about the client and um, how you're communicating messages and that kind of thing. That's that side of things I found really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then you roll in that in with uh, my first job was in the surf industry and I worked my way up from a junior designer to an art director. So all of a sudden I'm working with um, photographers doing shoots and coming up with global campaigns and doing all these crazy big things. And all the while I'm freelancing um, 
uh, a little bit of design, but also doing a lot of artwork as well on the side. So all that, all those um, skills I learned along the way just totally set me up to be able to um, be independent and, yeah. and do my own thing. Yeah, that's amazing. So who were you working for on the Surf Coast? Rip Curl. Rip Curl, I was yeah. going to say. So accelerated through the ranks there pretty quick. <laughs> All based. I just loved it. Yeah. And how long were you at Rip Curl for? I was there six years six and I years. found it really difficult to leave, really difficult yeah. to yep. leave. But it really came down to a, a like um, I didn't have any more time and I think I'd sort of uh, reached the end point of that role for me. And I thought maybe it's just time to take that crazy jump that was so terrifying and took me a really long time to actually do. But yeah, um, yeah it took a big chunk of confidence to, to do that. But then it's been able to work and I've been doing that for five years now. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't a decision made lightly, that's for sure. Oh, definitely not. No. That's why. Because I, I love the job so much, I really didn't want to leave them in the lurch or mm. like um, leave with any... Um, bad uh yeah you know like i i wanted and i ended up freelancing for them again down the track and did some graphic like t-shirt graphics and stuff for them as well so you know kept the relationship strong which i was really happy with yeah yeah actually just on that so do they work a lot with freelancers a a company like rip curl or is it Um, mostly in-house when it comes to design and mostly in-house mostly in-house yeah they'll go through times where they'll um like when it's really busy and they'll maybe have an extra thing thrown at them and that's when they'll reach out for a freelancer. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, thinking in terms of a freelance content writer, copywriter. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like you have to be in the in the in the house to get some work. <laughs> but um, yeah, so leaving Rip Curl, I think it's one of the big points of consternation for a lot of our listeners and our guests that we've had so far is, you know, having that full-time job and that security and that income and totally. all the annual leave and the bells and whistles and yep. uh, sick leave and obviously you don't have those things um, as it is, or you may, you may have got to that point where you're paying yourself a salary and things, but in those early days, um, you said it wasn't a decision made lightly. Mm. How do you go about making a, de- a decision to follow your passion and um forget about that safety and security net it was really really challenging because like i said i really loved my job there but i felt like i'd sort of given it everything that i could so i could have kept pushing up that road but i don't think i would have found it so uh i wouldn't have found content in it and i actually had a business when i first left uni it was a little fashion label doing t-shirts and stuff and i loved the autonomy of working for yourself and um being that that level of pressure and um, understanding every aspect of the business and that kind of thing was what really excited me and allowing things to grow bigger. You've kind of got a a roof on you no matter what when you're in a corporate environment or in a full-time job because you've got your KPIs and you've got expectations to be met. But when you are working for yourself, there is no limit. You can go as big or large or tiny or you, all the yeah. decisions are yours, yeah. which is something that I think was what was the big selling point in the end was I could take it anywhere. And it's real, I'm five years up down the track. I'm not where I thought I was going to be. But at the same time, I'm not unhappy with where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. So would you say you're ahead of where you thought you'd be? or? Uh just different, yeah. maybe different. I thought I was 
chasing and when I left I thought I was chasing an illustration career and maybe more a freelance like as an independent graphic designer and then the art stuff would always just stick on the side like I was never chasing a full-time art career but now it's becoming more and more every year the the percentages are shifting more towards the artwork and less towards the design yeah and yet you spoke briefly about your, your childhood as a as a young artist. So yeah. you knew very early on this is what you wanted to do? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's what I always um, went towards when I was a kid. Like I was always getting out the, you know, the textures and the paints and making a giant mess and leaving it for <laughs> mum to clean up. Sorry, mum. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, oh, I can't even, like, like it's from... As soon as I could pick up a pencil was when I was really in love with drawing and painting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I should mention you've got your PR officer here in front of us, Xavier. <laughs> what sort of dog is Xavier? He looks like he's been a bouncer right now. He's like, who are these people in my space? He's giving us the death stare. <laughs> Making sure we ask the right questions. You're on my couch. <laughs> it's like, is that is this off the record or on yeah. the record? <laughs> How long have you had Xavier? Zave's eight. Eight years old? Yeah. What sort of dog? He's a schnauzer cross poodle or a schnoodle if you're an oodle person. Yeah. There you go. He's still giving us the best. (laughs) (laughs) Quite intimidating. (laughs) So Jess, make sure you ask the right questions. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm going to be vetting all the questions today. (laughs) (laughs) We usually ask a question at the end about creativity as nature or nurture. So is it something you're born with or something that can be nurtured? It sounds like you were born with a fairly large creative streak can you kind of recognize that early on yeah I think it's actually both yep because it was nurtured as well like I was never told that you can't have an, a career in art you you can't do this you can't do that it's more um you do what feels right for you um and was always encouraged in any area that I was um being successful in so I think it was a bit of both yeah yeah and um, in like your early years, did you work a lot alongside your mum? Did she teach you all all of these skills? As uh, an art I think she or? was smart enough to step aside, and yeah. but she put me yeah uh, she put me in front of some really amazing people that I'm still in contact with today. Like my high school art teachers, I still am all in contact with. Yeah. And she sent me off to some uh, all kinds of creative classes, and uh, the most the one that was probably the most fundamental was the oil painting class I did when I was about 16 or 17, it really just solidified um, my understanding of colour and painting and the complexity of how you can apply paint to a page and that kind of thing. And I was that's what really hooked me yeah. and allowed me the confidence to um, explore and outside of the high school world as well because I was in a, um, a private space with a whole bunch of old biddies um, painting. For, <laughs> it was very funny. Like, you know, I'm just 16, like so nervous and all these brilliant painters around me, but I learnt so much. So yeah. uh, I think that was one of the, the big things that uh, I learnt a lot out of. Would you say it's necessary in the arts world to sort of go down that path of a path like graphic design where you can actually pay the bills and make some money early on? Similar to, you know, a writer who may have to work in public relations early on or well, a good good example here is Dave Graham who we interviewed at the Ashmore Arts Precinct. He worked as a carpenter builder for 20-odd years before he became a blacksmith. Would you say that's essential or can you get by just as a purist? I would say in this day and age it's not essential because um, there's so many more... You, 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 you're promotional um, avenues 
are so much more your own now, whereas 20 years ago you would have had to rely on getting into galleries and getting shows and um, it was less about Instagram didn't exist and, you know, there was um, a lot less self-promotion. I'd say that the route that I took was advantageous because now I don't have to pay anyone to do my website or Mm. my emails or my photo shoots or like all these skills that I've built out meant that I can actually take on so much more of the business that I wouldn't, someone would normally have to outsource, which is yep. a massive advantage because I understand these things cost a lot of money to businesses. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think I'm very lucky in that, but at the same time, it's all my time. So if I'm spending all my time building a website, then I'm not producing artwork. So mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know, there's, there's push and pull everywhere. Yeah. So if you, it was about building up some skills, not just earning an income and paying the bills and getting by. I'm very much Definitely about, about building di- a skill set. Yeah, diversifying my skill set so that even when COVID hit, I was able to go, okay, and just like yeah. shake it up a little bit. And I tried to anticipate maybe fewer art sales, so therefore take on maybe some more design work and like try and be just really flexible in my thinking yeah, and cool. sort of light on my feet. Can you make that noise again? <laughs> <laughs> that's what, I'm very that's much the secret, guys. <laughs> You heard it first. <laughs> oh my god, sometimes I don't have words, so I just use sound effects and I forget. There's a new word. <laughs> Natalie Martin. <laughs> Exclusive. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so, I've actually forgotten where we're at. Sorry. <laughs> Confused by the chicka chicka. <laughs> yeah, so you keep using the word business, so business is important to you. It's not just about, you know, locking yourself in your studio. I know we spoke briefly just before the podcast about the importance of business, but mm. it's obviously important to you to have those business skills. And Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because I, I think from my graphic design background, I understand like a whole brand experience. And for me, having a brand experience for my customers, meaning like from the very get-go, they're getting great customer service and they're getting a consistent um, um, presence and look and they know what to expect. And then when they receive... So if they're spending money with me, they're going to receive a beautiful present in the mail when they um, when they finally get the artwork that they've purchased and it's all wrapped up beautifully and um, all of that, I think, sort of all-encompassing thing. And I love presenting well and, um, yeah, I think it's more than just the artwork. If you're going to take that route of the, the self-promotion, self-promotional route, I don't work with many galleries. I've got a few, but it's not my main source of income. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I like to be in control of how... I present with my customers, I guess. Yeah, so essential for anyone, any artists, budding artists that are listening in to have those skills and build those skills and take the time to build them up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of people that still are reluctant to use those avenues like Facebook or Instagram or any of those, but I think, and it, I mean, it is exceptionally awkward when you first start like especially if you've started with a personal Instagram and then it's sort of you started presenting your artwork on there it is like a horrible feeling like it's it's super nerve-wracking and um, I reckon that's probably was the hardest transition for me and then realizing that people started following me for my artwork not my personal stuff so then therefore um, maybe I should stop posting about the personal stuff and now I don't post any personal stuff whatsoever mm-hmm. um so yeah it's like a very that was probably the hardest line to dance was that transitional phase yeah. for sure yeah that's interesting that you build it based on your artwork and nothing else because it's um 
well, it's the age of, you know, openness and transparency and all the rest, isn't it? Like so many social media gurus, they encourage you to just put it all out there. Yeah. And I think me and Jess, like we've told a lot of our personal story on the podcast, which I think has helped, but it's interest, interesting that you just focus on your yeah. art. I'm actually reluctant to go too personal. I feel like there's enough going on here and artwork is so personal anyway. So I yeah. feel like um, a lot of what I'm feeling is coming through the artwork anyway. Yeah. So that can do the talking for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, like even when we walked in, I said about your uh, work that you've got hanging up on the wall. Like I feel like I've read your diary or something. Yeah. I know that <laughs> and i do i do show the works as they're being built as well so people are along for the ride it's yeah. not like i'm just yeah. going ta-da here's a new work yeah. it's more like here was here i'm at we're at this stage i don't know whether i'm going to finish it or not i'm not sure about it and then i'll allow it to grow for a little while and then see what happens and i'll post it again and yeah. whereas a lot of other artists will post only final works yeah. i think it's a lot to do with process though as well if you're um posting works that are halfway through a process but your process is really unique to you I would be reluctant to be posting them too so yeah 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 and sorry just uh, yeah you said that you learned um do you do all the photography yourself for your Instagram things uh pretty much except for like the profile shots and the um like studio like a big wide studio ones I'll get my friend Donna from Indie Lane she um comes and um, takes, like, cause she, I know she's a friend of mine, so I'm not so awkward in front of the camera. I'm exceptionally <laughs> awkward in front of the camera. I'll just sit there, like, freaking out. Um, so <laughs> she makes me relax and will, and she knows what kind of candid shots that I like as well. So I got her to come um, take shots at my last uh, online course video and then also when I'd received all the framed works for my solo show last year she came and took some shots too so having those is really important as well yeah yeah they're very handy so that's indie lane photography next to you yeah that's it and she's out here too a little plug for indie (laughs) lane (laughs) but i i I understand what you mean in terms of finding that right the right photographer to make you feel comfortable oh totally and your social shots like they look fantastic you always look like uh like it's always a relaxed sort of feeling yeah social media so yeah that's definitely the goal. Yeah. Yep. And um, do you want to talk about some upcoming work that you're working on at the moment? Or? Sure. Yeah. yeah, of course. Exclusive for the Surf Coast <laughs> Creative Podcast. Yeah. Well, I have just released my second online course, which is called The Magic of Colour Mixing. Um, I filmed it at the very end of the last lockdown. Yeah. And then I was very lucky to receive, or very fortunate to receive a grant called the Sustaining Creative Workers Initiative. Um, which allowed me to uh, really promote and um, get some extra hands on deck, some more um, expertise, I should say, um, to help promote that and um, get some traction with it in this environment. So many people are learning from home and and looking for new challenges or new skills. So I thought this is an opportune moment to launch it. Um, It's a massive undertaking trying to get Mm. it out there and to the level that, like, I... I think I have the highest expectations of myself, of anyone, um, and to meet that level and meet my expectations is a, a massive amount of work. Yeah. Um, I sort of punished myself a little bit around that sort of thing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that was so, it's, it's out there now, so that's really exciting. And it's just, uh, from now, it's more uh, 
a lot of people will start doing the course and then they'll send me – I have a, a Facebook student forum where my, all my students join me afterwards and they'll share their work where it's a bit more private and less public for um, posting on in, rather than Instagram or whatever. Yep. So that's really um, amazing and so cool to see them respond to the course and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And where can we get access to this course? Uh, just via my website. Via your website? Yep. And you yep. did a little course on Skillshare as well? Yeah, both of them are on Skillshare. Both so on my Skillshare. first and second are on Skillshare. Yep. yep. And what's the, fir- what's the first one called? The first one's called Welcome to Watercolour. Yes, yep. very good. That's so if you're into, into watercolour, yep. I actually know a lot of photographers who've taken classes in watercolour yeah, right. in order to, to get an understanding of light. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Apparently it just increases your understanding of light and shading and all the rest tenfold. Yep. So. Yes. To actually get roll the sleeves up and do <laughs> some watercolouring. So yeah, watercolour is very different to working with acrylic or oils because acrylic or oils you tend to work from dark to light, whereas in watercolour you work light to dark. So you have to think about the light first above and ahead of anything else. Yep. Yeah. I might jump on Jess and get the easel out in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> Make a mess. Yeah. It's fun more than anything. Yeah. Right? Just making yeah. a mess is actually really fun because I don't think most of us allow ourselves as adults to do that. Mm. So I actually really encourage that, especially in the first course where people are usually quite nervous. That often they haven't picked up a paintbrush in years and that's very much like an introduction to like how to break down some of those nerves and some basic skills to get you going. Yeah, we actually talked about that on our little sneak peek of season two last week. So... Talked about allowing yourself to be a kid again. Yeah, it's so important, especially now, where there's like obviously there were all the U words, unprecedented, uncertain, blah blah. Mm. But um, allowing yourself a little time and space to just be and not worry and not um, and mm. not uh, spend that energy any other way than on yourself or um, you know. Yeah. I think it's important to just and it's uh, so mindful as well. You can just zone out. Rather than constantly fretting about the future. Yeah, you can I found myself doing that last week. Yeah. Having lost our well, a full-time income in March this year, like getting work as a freelancer now and getting by and paying the bills and all that, but there's this, this tendency to just worry all mm. the time. Oh, totally. Rather you can totally sort of... spin your wheels out and the Corona Coaster is real. Like you mm. can Corona one, Coaster, yeah, like that. <laughs> one week is full on and you're stressed out and you don't even know why and then the next next minute you're like, no, nah, everything's fine. Yeah. It's all good. Just got to keep going, you know, yeah. and not get too hung up on little things. Probably a good segue into a day in the life of Natalie Martin and <laughs> your daily habits. And you touched on surfing and yes. so activity and what else do you do to chill out, zone out? Activity is really important. I love going for a walk um, out in the bush or down the beach. This morning I just took the dog down to the beach and then did a bit of yoga. Coffee, thanks to you guys. <laughs> Essentials. Um, thanks to Surf <laughs> Roasters this morning. Yeah, it was delicious. Um, that, that's sort of how I start the day, or I'll surf. Um, so I, I like a lot of variety rather than the, the same routine every single day. I get really bogged down in routine and mm-hmm. I, I tend to, that's when I tend to spin, spin my wheels is like it's Groundhog Day, I'm not coping, yep. I need yep. lots and lots of variety. So every day I'll do something a little bit different to kick off. Yep. Um, and then every day in itself is different as well because one day I might be um, simply just processing online orders, which can take some time. Other days might be a real painting day. Other days might be running around doing the errands. Other days might be dedicated to just design work. And sometimes I try and do it all in one day. <laughs> yeah. That's that's interesting, actually. So it's not a case of, you know, wake up, 
6 a.m., get into the studio early, knock out some work. It's yeah. Every day is different. Every day is different. I've been, um, since this, since Corona sort of come along, I've had a little bit more system to it because I'm, it's been a bit more groundhoggy. Um, and I have been coming out here and painting first up and then sort of evolving into the other stuff. Um, but even then, if I do that too many days in a row, um, cactus. Yeah. Yeah, I need to change it up. Corona cactus. Yeah, I'll go take myself <laughs> off for a surf or something just to like break it up. And yeah, uh, whereabouts do you surf? Uh, mostly along water. Yep. So all the usual spots around here. All the beaches and <laughs> yeah, no. protected coves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, I surf a lot as well and been doing a lot of surfing and I just thank God for surfing. Oh, I, I know. Like, I harp on about it every episode, but yeah. I, f- I really feel for people in Melbourne, apart from the yeah. fact they're in another whole level of lockdown, but they don't have access to the beach. Like, I don't yeah. know how they're coping. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just a place to go and you lose yourself. And That's exactly right. Like, the ocean is so much bigger than you. Mm-hmm. So it's never a case of, you know, you get a few dark thoughts going through, but you can just deal with stuff in the ocean and be in the moment. And That's exactly right. I think it's that in-the-moment um, yeah. feeling out there that helps you just reset. It's nothing like a big crushing wave to just bring you back in the moment. <laughs> or the uh, or the sight of four dolphins. Big dose of reality. Yeah. <laughs> Mother Nature showing you who's boss. So that's um, daily habits, and I guess we'll go through run through your business model. We kind of touched on that a little bit at the start. So you talked mm. about commissions and artworks, and you got this the course on Skillshare. And do you have actually an independent course? Outside of Skillshare? It's the same course, but you same can course. access it two different ways. So Skillshare is hugely advantageous because you can you, you some subscription models so you can sign up and watch as many courses as you want if you're really into online learning, whereas some of my students prefer to just buy it once off and they know they're only seeking out that one course and then they want to watch and rewatch it. So yep. I found that when I was doing the research about what platforms to use, there was almost a 50-50 split with expectations of how to access it so I thought mm-hmm. I'll just put it on both okay yeah, that's good. did you look at creative live and platforms like that mm. as well yeah. yeah yeah I've got it the other one's on teachable so that's teachable similar. like teachable's a magnificent platform for mm. just knocking out a course and it can be good for even if you don't sell a place in that course at least you know how to do how to do a course yeah so, it really helps so user friendly uh, like the structural side of things I think because Skillshare's got a model of um, working towards a final project. So yeah. I had to sort of take that philosophy and also apply it to how I would spell it out in my own sort of course. Yeah. Like how like I, it helped me package it all up, having those constraints from those two platforms. Yep. Yeah. And did you go to Skillshare and they have to approve you and as an artist or did they come to you? Uh, I went to them, but after recommendations from lots of people saying yeah. you, should, you should jump on here. So quite tough to get a, co- a course on there. Uh, As a, not too bad. And then luckily I'll, um, they featured my first course straight off the bat. So that really helped oh, launch fantastic. it um, and get lots of eyeballs on it. Because obviously there's a lot of beginners watercolour courses mm. on there and it's an American-based platform. So I thought, don't know if this is going to work yeah. because whether they want to hear from um, American tutors that ha- have access to American suppliers and that kind of thing. But it actually turns out that they have quite a global audience and they... Um, and I'm finding a lot of people from all over the world that aren't learning from American tutors. They're coming to me instead, That's which is cool. Good. Yeah. yeah. I love the platform. I've used it for the past five years. So 
Yeah, yeah, I was a, given I was a lot a of money to Skillshare. Yeah, I was yeah. a subscriber before I was a teacher on there. Yeah, I've yeah. learned a lot of photography on Skillshare. Yeah, so yeah, it's, I think great. it's a great platform. Yeah, we'll put the links in there. So, in terms of business model, so if you've got your artworks, yep. that you sell, uh, do you get commissions from government and local councils and things? Uh, commercial projects. I do a few commercial projects, not a massive amount. It's mostly the original artworks and I'll do limited edition prints of some of those, not everything. Um, a little bit of gallery, um, uh-huh. gallery sales. Got a few galleries that I work with. And what else? I have a whole bunch of wholesale accounts that uh, mostly stock my cards, sometimes prints, sometimes other products. Um, trying to think what else has got tucked around behind there. There's, all, there's always constantly like new products in development and new ideas and um, things to explore. I've got tea towels coming out soon, which I first started playing with last year and did two designs and then uh, have reworked a little bit and come up with a better um, a better fabric and, and it's all made in Australia and um, printed in Australia. So they're going to be here soon. Um, so always got a new sort of idea around products happening. And then what else do I do? I do a bit of freelance design still. Um, and so that's, that's a busy schedule, it sounds like. Yeah. So yeah. freelance work, um, commissions, artworks, uh, a few products on the on the back burner. Yeah. Plus Skillshare. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, a pretty busy schedule by the sounds of it. Yeah, that's the way I like it though. I kind of thrive on that like insanity a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, where are we going today? <laughs> Recording a podcast on a Monday morning. Yeah. <laughs> Have you done any other podcasts? No, this is my first one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. It's another exclusive. We've had three exclusives today. <laughs> no, this is my first one. And I read on your website, or maybe it was in another interview, that you do a bit around, well, a lot to source sustainable or yes. do your best to. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want My to talk philosophy about that? is kind of like if it if I want it to last a long time, it needs to be as best quality possible to last the longest amount of time. Yep. So for like limited edition prints, plenty of people just pop them off their printer at home or go off to their local like um, sort of digital printer. Whereas I've gone to the level of like the high end uh, fine art print that's archival, museum quality, um, like has. I think it's 150 year guarantee of light fastness and no yellowing and that kind of thing. So I really want a premium product there, but say for something like that's a throwaway item or something that's of lesser value, um, say um, a greeting card, then that needs to be 100% post-consumer waste because it's not necessary to use new materials for something like this. So that's kind of my, if it's a throwaway item, it's got to be 100% recycled. And if it's a um, premium item that needs to have longevity, it needs to be the best possible quality. So any kind of packaging and that kind of thing all have to be recyclable as well as made of recyclable materials. Yep. Um, recycled materials, I should say. Um, and any time that suppliers send me stuff like wrapped in bubble wrap or whatever, I'll just keep reusing that as much as possible. Yep, that's good. So you've got a keen eye on sustainability? Definitely. Yeah. I've been reading um, Yvonne Schnard, I don't, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but the founder of Patagonia. Yeah. He's so, so big on sustainability and um, uh, the environment and 
trying to make goods durable and long lasting yeah. and it encourages people to buy second hand and not to buy a new jacket but to yeah, go and see if you can get your other yeah. jacket fixed before you go and buy a new one so i actually have built a multi-billion dollar business by encouraging people to buy second hand which yeah. is amazing yeah definitely and if you if i love painting beautiful flora like australian flora and i love surfing then i need the environment to be yeah, as incredible pristine. as possible so yeah i need to do my bit um, so we'll move on to a bit more about um, coping with off days. So we mentioned it a little bit before you guys love to surf and maybe get out there to clear your head. Mm. Is there anything that you do in particular besides surfing? Um, Sometimes I just try and battle through, which is the worst possible thing you can do. <laughs> just like banging your head against the wall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if I'm stressed out already and then I've got like deadlines or yeah. whatever, like that's just really hard. Um, but the best thing you can do and the thing that I've probably learnt through the experience and probably my age now as well is that you, the best thing you can do is go for a surf or go for a run and just work off. I think for me a lot of it's a lot of excess. I'll, I'll get really mentally drained every day but I don't necessarily get physically drained so I've got to go tire myself out and then that way I can sort of reset and um, think a bit clearer. Yep. So that's the best possible solution or just knock off early. Yeah. Yep. I, my boss is like a bit of a taskmaster sometimes but, <laughs> but you know like if it's Friday at four o'clock and you're tired just go home it's okay <laughs> yeah. and if we can segue have you got a partner yeah so a partner obviously obviously supportive of what you do and 100% um, what does your partner do for, uh, he's a tradie a tradie yeah and obviously a different world definitely is he an art, got an artistic streak or creative streak uh, he would say no, but I actually think he does. He does? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're nurturing that creativity. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's got a he's got a creative mind. He does yeah. maybe does not necessarily uh, applying it, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well that's good. And so where were we at? We got into so Oh yeah, the, the off, off days. days. So obviously banging your head against the wall. So you would encourage people to push get through. out there. Oh no. Not push through, sorry. Yeah, no, don't push through. That's the one thing I'd say, do not do. Because <laughs> I, I, was, I was the person that did do that. Like, yeah. I, I, and I just don't recommend it for anyone. But when you're in it, it's so hard to pull yourself out, especially when you're working on your own. So just be kind to yourself and go yeah. do something that you love. Yeah. That was yeah. another key point on our warm-up episode. Yeah. So we've nailed it. <laughs> like, we, I think it was point number five or six. We said, don't um, bang your head against the wall, just get out there and do something that you enjoy doing. So yeah. surfing, yeah. running, clear the head. I think when you turn your hobby into your business, it can be really hard to work out exactly what that is sometimes as well. Because I would usually turn to painting to uh, unwind. But when that's not working for me, that's when I used to get really stuck. But then I worked out that maybe go and find the source of inspiration that helps me paint. So I'll go back out into nature and Driving often really helps. My new um, print collection is going to be called I Spy because oh. I like all the flowers is from me. Like, oh my god, what's that on the side of the road? I need to stop, take a photo. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's like just even driving is really good too. Yeah. Clear your head. That's another good one. Driving. Yeah. There's nothing more relaxing than a little drive I, in the yeah, countryside. I love going for a drive. Like if I get stuck in my head, Ben will usually take me somewhere yeah. out usually the Otways or something, just to get away and totally. your phone switches off automatically, yeah. you don't have receptions, the best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. we had a particularly stressful day um, just at the end of season one there 
And I just said to Jess, get in the car. We're going to lawn. Yeah. And it was the best thing we did. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Waves were pumping and the ocean was just a huge swell in the ocean. So we walked out onto the pier and watched all that. Yeah. Went to a yeah. bookshop, bought a book. Yeah. Forgot about life for about yeah. three hours and then came back. Yeah. It's just going back to the little things, isn't it? Yeah. Because you can get so caught up in, in trying to do and sometimes you just need to be. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. Mm. Um, so can we move on to a little bit of um, inspiration? Mm. Who inspires you in the business world? You talked about... Um, Oh, no, I'll just let you go. With this <laughs> Actually, when I started talking about the founder of Patagonia, you're sort of nodding and yeah, yeah. he seems like he might have some sort of influence on your oh, business. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I love that book, Let My People Go Surfing. That's yep. really good. Um, I'm trying to think, like, I've read a lot of books and I think it's probably not one singular person, but trying to take on as many opinions and, and interesting ideas on board and sort of sorting out my view of it. Yeah. So it's te- it's like cherry picking all my favorite bits and then compiling my own. So I'm not taking someone else's philosophy on board. It's more I'm building my own from all my favorite bits and pieces. Um, and it's not even necessarily from your traditional sources like a business model or anything. And then I mean, the ultimate inspiration for me is nature. Like no people are going to help. Like I'm actually quite introverted even though most people think that I'm an extrovert. But for me, getting away from people and space is actually the number one uh, inspiring thing. And it's when I have my clearest thoughts. It's where I have my best ideas. It's And I think it's inputting all the things and then letting it settle for a while and then giving itself space to um, process it. Yeah. So do you think during coronavirus you've thrived from like having a lot more space or...? Oh, that's a very tough question because it's it's been definitely a wild roller coaster. The first lockdown, I had a really strange reaction and got like really productive but not creative. So I rebuilt my website and I got actually to the bottom of my to-do list that had been sitting there for like two years of all these like things that were just there that I never did because I never had time. And I was like, I have time. I can deal with these things now. Um and they weren't particularly creative. It was just really time-consuming. Yeah. So building a website takes it took me like two solid weeks to rebuild my entire website. But I would never have made time for that if I had was able to be painting in my studio and feeling creative or whatever. Yeah. But I literally just didn't have a dot of creative energy at all. Yeah. And then um, that little window we had in between, um, that was different again. And then I just started, it's almost like spring inside me. Like I just started like, Things were happening, the flowers were coming out again and I got really motivated to paint and I just like, you couldn't take the paintbrush out of my hand and I was, I was like, sorry design people, like I'm not delivering anything right now, I've got to paint, like this is yeah. my window. Um, and then uh, now we're back in lockdown again, I've kind of tightened up a little bit again and I think it's just like the general vibe of the world, like being around people and people are on edge and that kind of thing, it is kind of tense. Yep. Um, so probably stripping back away from the creativity again and going back into functional business style stuff to get through. Yeah. On the practical side. Yeah. I and mean, it's all going to get done. So <clears throat> it's actually been kind of handy because I would never have built my website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know personally I've taken a lot of time to update my website and it's probably five years in the making. But, yeah, it just allowed that time to work yeah. on. It's not the most exciting stuff at um, you know, updating your website and just like, oh, is this going to be worth it? And yeah. questions, you know, why are you doing this? And <laughs> I was so stoked when I got it done though, because I yeah. was like, tick, 
Yeah. I'm a massive list writer. Like yeah. I've got thousands of lists. I'm like that was this like future projects list <laughs> that never gets touched. Yeah. <laughs> Just the big ideas that never happen. And the website was one of them. So yeah, that's I was cool. Stoked. So you talk about lists. So any other little hints and tips for creatives out there to manage their day and their process and their thinking? Um, well, for me, if I have all the thoughts roaming around in my head, I just get really confused and I don't actually have a clear path forwards, even just through the simplest, simplest tasks in the day, especially during Corona, just, um, my attention span has been really tiny. So I have to do really focused, small projects and kind of break things down. Um, so a big one for me would be Google Keep because it's Google just, Keep? Yeah, I love Never it. Never heard just, that before. Oh, so good. It's just lists. <laughs> <laughs> you can just so check. list for the list. Just, just for the list lovers. <laughs> oh, the listeners out there would like lists. Yeah. Oh god, it's good. And like, I'll have like a Tuesday list, and it has to be a really my. I'll do I'll do a Tuesday list on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um. So I have a really clear idea of how to hit the ground running on Tuesday, and it can only be a, a an achievable amount of work for that day. It can't be unreasonable yep. to myself and expect like five days worth of work in one day. So I have to break things down into digestible pieces so that I can actually get that done and feel satisfied. So yeah. Google Keep, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, yeah. Actually heard, is that an app? Or? Yeah, it's just an app on my phone. And I use pretty much the whole Google Suite, Docs, um, Sheets, all of that, because I love everything to be accessible. I do so much running around to framers yeah. and materials and deliveries and stuff yeah. that having all of that accessible on my phone to just send out invoices or like cross-check an addition number or anything. So it's all on my phone. Just keeps track of everything. Yeah. yeah. I must say we're, we're trying to frame a photo print of a, a photo that I took um, a couple of weeks ago and it's, it's a bloody nightmare. Yeah. Just trying to get one fo- photo framed and printed. So yeah. yeah. couldn't imagine when you're working on multiple projects. So that's yeah. a good one. Google Keep. Yeah. We'll put that in the show notes. So Google Keep plus lists, anything else? Um, it's probably it. I try and actually put my phone down as much as possible, even yeah. though I'm fairly glued to it because it is such a business tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as I can put it down, it's down and I'm not looking at it again. Yeah. So that's my number one thing is just like try and not like have apps that are going to help you sort out your day and then put your phone away. Yeah. So it's 100% focus on that task at hand. Yeah. Yeah. I know that was it's very popular. Giant distraction. With a lot of our guests. Especially mm. Alan Imo was one of their methods. Yeah. Just to shut off from the world and hook into it, as they say. So, that's it. yeah, that's another good one. You can accidentally just start scrolling and it'll be 45 minutes later, yeah. and you're like, that was 45 usable minutes where I could have actually done a whole painting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's just a waste of time. So, yeah. I'll do a concentrated window on there and sort of just cut myself off. Yeah. And to be honest, there's not a great deal of good news out there at the moment. Like, no. there's a lot of ranting and raving and whatnot. And, you know, the situation we're in is not great. And I think it's oh, a lot of people have taken the chance to, you know, sort of talk about how hard life is and all the rest. And that's it. It's like, well, you'd be doing this anyway. Wouldn't you? Even if Corona didn't exist, it'd be yeah. something else. So, yeah. It can and be it's so still life, it's still minutes to our lives. So, you've still got to make the most of them, even if it's not the ideal scenario it's just, it's, yeah. it's part of it yeah yeah that's a good point life is still ticking over isn't it that's so it. still got to make the most of it yeah yeah um oh, i just wanted to oh gosh <laughs> <I> lost track <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, let's talk about your prints that are coming out soon. Do you want to take us through them? Yeah, sure. I mean, they're the three that you saw when you walked in. Yeah. I'll be able to send you a photo if you want. Yeah. Um, we might take a photo after this. Can yeah, we do absolutely. that? Yeah, that's fine. With you in front of your pictures. Yeah. Um, Artwork. Uh, after my little burst of creative energy in the in-between lockdowns, I managed to pull together a collection. I think I've got about 10 or 12 new prints coming out in mid-September, which I'm super excited about because yeah. I haven't had new prints since for about a year. Oh, good. So, um, yeah, I'm just really stoked and I'm so happy with how they've turned out. Yeah. Um, and it's some of them are quite different and some of them are sort of familiar, so I've, like, stretched myself a little bit and... Um, trying new things. I think it's been a really good time to try new things and I haven't been too harsh on myself about trying new things and wasting time. So, because yeah. for me, like, I've got so little time to dabble and play and explore. I'm like, but this is the time to dabble and play and explore if you've got that. Not everyone's obviously feeling totally creative right now, but I did, I had a window. Yeah. Um, and I tried to make the most of it. So that's another key thing about what you do. So, if you're feeling creative, you really get into it. You know, you can sort of feel it and you really oh, yeah. allocate the time and go for yeah. it. Yeah, it's not every day. I wouldn't paint every day, definitely. And it's, But when there's a window and it's just, it's like all-consuming and mm-hmm. I'll be here for 18 hours a day. Really? Oh, yeah. And I'll have like sore knees because I'll be standing on, because um, I stand at my standing desk, so I'll be standing all day. Uh, I'll have my headphones on and... Everyone knows around here that if she's got her headphones on, don't interrupt her. She's in the zone. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, finding that zone and just running with it has been one of the most crucial things, and I'll be so hyper-productive in that little window. But And I I think the creative process for me is there'll be, like, a quite extended period of gathering inspiration and concepts and and building pictures in my mind, and then it's it's like the bubble bursts, and then there's Mm -hmm. this tiny window to get all the work done. And then there's the getting it out to the to the world. So and then you start the process again. Well, then you have like a flat period. Like I just, it's almost like depression where you're just like, oh, I'm, yeah. like I've given everything, yeah. and then something will tweak you and it'll be like, all right, let's start this process again and yeah. then, so on. Is that the Corona coaster or is this something that happened before I think it's Corona? Before, before Corona, yeah. yeah. But that's just, I mean, some people will need to paint every single day. It's part of their being whereas for me it's much more of like a elongated process yeah yeah that's interesting is yeah you read a lot of books about creativity and they say just to create every day no matter how you feel and kind of you know as you said butting your head against the wall even if you're not feeling it so you wait which is yeah option b yeah yeah or you or you mentioned before that you go back to what like go and do the thing that inspires you so yeah i guess that's a a process yeah and that's a learnt thing as well. Like I used to try and paint every day, but then I would just be angry at myself because yeah. I wasn't making good paintings because I was butting my head against the wall. I'm like, use that time elsewhere yeah. and wait for the time that you are going to make the best stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's a big thing with um, writers and budding you know, novelists and things like that to just write every day, half an hour, an hour. But if you say wait, wait for the inspiration and then go for it, you have your 18-hour days. And yeah. That's a good method, I think. So it's what's worked for me. It's not going to work for everyone. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like what I was saying about what like I t- I'm taking philosophies from all these different people and building my own rather than like yeah. reading that book going, you must paint every day. I'm like, yeah. I think I did that when I first went freelance. I'm like, how do I make this work? And that wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Stephen Pressfield who said that. 
in the War of Art. Have you read that book? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yep. a good one. But yeah, that's one of his things. Yeah. Just to write and create and produce. We've got a visitor. We've got a little Finley. <laughs> Finley. Rowena Martin, it's his little boy Finley. He's got a mop Come of blonde hair. <laughs> bleach blonde hair. He'll be looking for the watering can. <laughs> he waters my garden for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the gardener. Yeah. <laughs> that's Finley. Yeah, so we talked about inspiration and getting out there and doing your thing and clearing your head. Oh, we didn't talk about um, inspiration in terms of people like artists that you might look up to or you may, you do look up to? Uh, I, I love actually working at Ashmore Arts for the other artists and creative people around and makers, everything. There's just everything here. And so even if you're having an off day, you can actually, there's another thing, you can out here, you can just go and chat to someone else and kind of maybe troubleshoot or problem solve or if you're like at a point with a painting and you're nervous about taking the next step, they can go, yeah, go for it. Or just that's just like another... Um, like educators said it is that you can um, have by you, which has been really helpful for me um, because sometimes I would persist through and then I'd um, end up ruining the work because I've pushed too hard. Um, so that's been really good having this community out mm. here and there's incredible artists out here and it's almost ever-changing. There's someone always new to learn and um, meet and it's ever-growing as well. There's more and more studios all the time. Yep. Um, so I've really enjoyed being out here and it's probably single-handedly the best thing I've done for my career was moving out here. All even right. that was super it's been a game-changer. Yeah, massive game-changer. I was so nervous about paying, um, having that uh, monthly rent and um, like having more outgoings because I was working from home originally and having there was no outgoings because it was all yeah. um, fairly closely held and now it's just like uh, I've got a bigger a upgraded studio I've got a container like I'm just part of the furniture out here now <laughs> yeah it's it's a cool precinct we didn't really touch on it at the start but you got your own little studio out here so this used to be a like a, a garage you were saying yeah it's a garage kind of shape but there's three different sizes out here and I'm in a medium, um, and there's small and large, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's how many studios are there now? I think there's about there's eight on this side, and the eight was built when I just moved in here. So there was only eight, but now there's another eight, I think, on the other side as well, plus a few big working sheds where there's um, knife makers and pottery and Dave Graham, the blacksmith, Graham, yep. and Nick who does concrete, and then there's Bombora. So there's like all these businesses and all at different levels in their careers as well. So people can come to you for advice and then I've got people to go to you for advice as well. Yeah. Do you go to the, the noisier side of the precinct <laughs> <laughs> for advice? I love or... being on a quiet side. It's, it's divided <laughs> by, Ashmore's divided by a row of trees and all the noisy blokes are on the other side and we're on the quiet side <laughs> and we love it over here. <laughs> we got the better view too. Yeah, you've got a magnificent view. So these like, beautiful open windows and you're looking out over the rolling hills. So the yeah. Ashmore Precinct is sort of at the In back Spring of Creek Valley. Spring yeah. Creek Valley. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. We're looking towards Belbray. That's Belbray over there. Yeah. So yeah, I just love it. And you can watch all the storms always always come oh, down the valley. Yeah. So you just get to see these giant like thunderclouds coming to you all the time. That like that very cool. wild yeah. one that we had last week. Yeah. That was insane. And I was sitting here just going... Aren't you going to need a boat to get out of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was that uh, last Wednesday or something? Yeah, something like I that. I was in the yeah, surf yeah. that night. It was absolutely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've never seen a sunset like that before. Just yeah. like, like, Torquay looked like it was just stuck in a little oven. Yeah. Yeah. In the microwave. So, so cool. That'd be cool for 
Yes, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I've got like the the artists that inspire my artistic style may not necessarily be represented in my work, but I love the um, like the contemporary Australian artists like Fred Williams and John Olson and um, uh, Brett Whiteley. I love learning about them. I've been to their studios. I love. I've travelled to Sydney to see their shows. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> I just love their work so much and get so absorbed in them, and um, I, I'm super inspired by them. Yeah. Yeah. Very very nice. Um, do you do a lot of travel with? Actually, you were doing a a trip away, weren't you? This yeah, year, but... I was supposed to be going to Tasmania to yeah. do a art retreat with um, Artable, which is a company I work with based in Artible, Queensland. That's... Yeah, I remember. Yeah, so I. They fly me up to Queensland and I teach weekend-long workshops up there and then they do art retreats as well. So my first art retreat with them was supposed to be in October, but I think Tasmania's closed their borders, so I don't think we'll be going anymore. Yeah, Tassie's shut to everyone. Yeah. Mm. Anyone and everyone, aren't they? So. Yep, okay. which is a real bummer because we'd be staying at Cradle Mountain Lodge and, and oh. roaming around and painting like right there, like the most incredible scene. Oh, I'm so excited. But anyway, it's Maybe. just postponed. postponed. So yeah, we'll um, hopefully reschedule as soon as possible. And I love that style of of class because I do classes in my studio here which is six people and you get the beautiful view um, but when people are traveling to a destination and you're working collectively and everyone's got their own sort of project I think it's a different style learning and um, you probably gain the most out of that style it's like an art holiday essentially cool yeah. so anyone can attend those sign mm, up and attend yeah, yeah. so artable artable yep dot com dot au yep That's... so I could go to an art retreat. Hundred percent. Yeah, um, and you don't have to have any experience. Wow. Yeah, because it's only it's only a small group. I think it's ten or twelve people. So and then there's me, and then there'll be the facilitator. So yeah. I basically can work with everyone one on one throughout the whole day, and then we'll go for bushwalks and go take photos and um, yeah. talk about how we'd approach a painting like this subject or whatever. So it's pretty immersive and um, a super cool way to learn. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, sounds very cool. And just on the subject of budding artists and coming back to Ashmore Precinct, how does that work for, say I'm, a, I'm an artist, I'm based on the surf coast or near to the surf coast, how do I go about getting into a precinct like this? How does that work? Um, Ashmore is pretty unique in this scenario. There's definitely co-working and stuff like that in, mm-hmm. in Torquay, but this one, because we've all got our own spaces, it's quite unique. Um uh, I originally approached Stu Guthrie, who owns Ashmore Arts, a million years ago, it feels like now. Mm-hmm. And I actually sublet someone's studio who was on holiday for a couple of months and then went, this is my place, I need to be here. So I went on the waiting list. And then she actually ended up not taking her studio back. So I was able to stay in that, that studio, which I was, it was really, really lucky. There's a bit of a waiting list, I think, now. Okay. Yep. But then... Um, you're more than welcome to sublet spaces as well. So I could have a second person in here if I wasn't such a greedy guts and needed the whole thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, some people on the other side are in the bigger studios, but they have two or three people working yeah. in there. So um, Graham's a good a, example. Yeah, a, a sublet can work yep. too if you're not after a giant space yet. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely um, room there if you want to apply, but um sounds like a waiting list. and It's a really cool community though, and if yep. it sounds like something that uh, you – what are interested in or could thrive in then definitely worth sussing out yeah yes. so you have little catch-ups similar to a co-working space you have catch-ups oh, during yeah. the week 10 30 tea time 10 30 tea yeah. time yeah. <laughs> five minutes so we gotta Guys, wrap this up? go in five minutes <laughs> it's tea time do they do jam and scones <laughs>
Yeah, that's all very cool. So I think we're getting up to our usual question about creativity. We, we touched on it earlier, so the difference between nature and nurture. Obviously, mm. you think it's, I think it's a bit both. of both? Yep, yep. I, think, I actually think after teaching so many students that everyone is creative, and so many people say, no, I haven't got a creative bone in my body. I'm like, everyone's got it in them. It's just whether, they want to, like, whether they're prioritising it or not yep. um, and whether they feel confident to use it. I feel like it's an innate part of the human being is a little bit of creative creativity yeah. and then um and then yeah whether it's been nurtured so i think there's yeah there's that both all the time there's plenty of people that have just come they come in they're like rigid as a board yeah. into my classes they're like i'm so nervous yeah. i'm like it's okay it's a paintbrush <laughs> it's okay <laughs> you're not getting out right of gunpoint here it's like, we're going to enjoy ourselves yeah. <laughs> i know as a photographer too you give it, hand a camera to someone and they freeze up. Oh, yeah. It's like so in, all the technology and all the dials and knobs and everything else yeah, yeah. can be so intimidating. Yeah, yeah. That's Same it. for a paintbrush. Yeah, and, exactly. And the um, and allowing the unexpected, I think people just, I, I think they really struggle with that. And I think that's maybe why we're struggling so hard during this um, pandemic is because we, we're not okay with the uncertain or the unpredictable. Yep. So watercolour is ex- exceedingly unpredictable. So I think that's why... Um, people may be seeking out these kinds of classes yeah. during this as well because it just it, you can just relax a little. Actually, that's one thing I wanted to ask with regard to your artwork. It's so intricate. How do you go about teaching people such in- intricacies in a in an artwork? Because you know you can paint uh, paint a landscape. You know the rolling hills yeah. out here in the background. Um, green rolling hills, the blue sky and the sunshine, you know, that's it might be a beginner level. How do you go about doing what you do in terms um, of... I always start with Patience Grasshopper because... <laughs> <laughs> Patience Danielson. <laughs> because um, any one of these works would have probably 10 to 15 layers of paint on there and I'm allowing it to dry between every single layer. Yeah. So you have to be patient. And what I... Because I'm not typically a patient person, so I actually have... This is why I do works in threes or fours is I'm rotating them constantly and allowing them to dry. And that way I'm not tempted to fuss with it whilst it's um, damp because that will ruin it. Um, so, yeah, and teaching that inside a three-hour class is actually really challenging, which is why a longer format immersive style class is better because you can mm-hmm. teach that theory of, like, rotating the works if you're impatient or because um, they, they are intricate, but they, uh, you're only doing the tiniest additions at any given time. You work on them slowly. Yeah, I, yeah. I just always thought you were just so busy that you had to smash out three at a time. No. But that makes no, no. I know you are busy, but yeah, I was like, oh, wow. No, it's like a trick to myself so that I don't stuff up my paintings. Because yeah. if I sit there and fuss it, yeah. I will ruin it. Yeah. 100% every time guaranteed. And I've got a pile of ruined artworks over there. <laughs> I'm not kidding anyone. Like, um, it's the B roll. Yeah, it's the B roll sitting in the corner over there. And sometimes <laughs> I'll flick through that and go, what was wrong with that one again? And then I'll like start up it again. But yeah. um, anything that I'm working on regularly, I'll hang up to view from a distance and then I'll pull it off the wall again because I work flat because water obviously drips so you can't work on it on the wall. Um, and yeah, and then I'll ro- have them rotating the whole time. So um, any additions are kind of quite... Uh, I'm trying to be loose and free with my brushwork but they're kind of considered at the same time. I know that's a big thing for uh, photographers and writers and things. Like if you write a first draft, it's good to sit on it, 
come back to it the next day. Yeah, that's it. And same with photographers too. They can edit a photo and then come back to it the next day. Yep. And stuff that was blurringly yep. obvious at the, at the yeah, time for them. Yeah, it just really shines a light the on the before. floors. Yeah. yeah. With a fresh mind. So, yep. so you spoke about patience. Any... So a lot of our listeners are sort of budding artists, entrepreneurs, um, got strong interests and hobbies, and maybe they've you know they've started a little part-time income with their artistic endeavours or creative mm. endeav- yeah, endeavours, yeah. um, trying to turn into a business someday. Well, I did that. That's what I did. That's exactly what <laughs> it's you doable, did. It's doable, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. Uh, apart from patience, any uh, big pieces of advice for our listeners? Um. I actually wrote something down for myself because I always get stumped on this question because I think of too many things. <laughs> um, one second. This is good, going into the journal. Yeah. Um, where did I write it? I guess it's like don't box yourself in. Because mm-hmm. I, I can't even explain how much my business has evolved and I think it's because I've not had to, like, because everyone's about the business plan and the goal setting and all this. And then I'm like, but then you get so fixed. Yep. And I think as soon as you fix yourself, you're kind of boxing yourself in and getting stuck in the corner. But if you keep light on your feet and have a few things on the go at any given time, or, I mean, I also said yes to everything, like literally everything when I started. I said yes, 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 and worked out the time of things later like would just work around the clock if I had to because I was just like, I want as much experience and I want experience across the board. Um, But then um, I really thought I was on one path over here and then I just allowed it to grow as as organically as it did and I I think it was because I didn't box myself in and I wasn't too hard on myself when I wasn't hitting those goals. the big goals, the the milestones. Yeah. I think it's a great piece of advice. So you don't have to be walking that tightrope. Nah, not at all. And I feel like a lot of the stuff that I read, especially like those like one sentence um, quote style things on Instagram or whatever, and it's all about the hustle. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it is, but it isn't at the same time. You want it to be enjoyable and you don't want to kill yourself doing it. Every day it. I'm hustling. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, no, no thanks. Every day I'm freaking out, wondering what to do next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just take it as it comes. And be kind to yourself and don't box yourself in. I think very good advice. And your PR officer, Zave, has come back into the room, so... He's telling us to wind up. <laughs> he knows morning tea is on the horizon. Yeah. He knows we're talking there, about him now, too. Hey? <laughs> well, I'll hand it back to Jess to, to wrap up and get some hints and links and all the rest about where we can follow your story. Yeah, so Natalie, will you please let everyone know where we can find your website? Yeah, it's nataliemartin.com.au. Perfect. And you're on Instagram? Yep, at nataliemartin underscore... Oh, no, that was wrong. At (laughs) natalie underscore martin. Perfect. And just let... Do you have a time frame for when those prints are coming out? Mid-September. And the tea towels? End of September. And where can we find your online courses? On my website as well. Perfect. Thanks, Natalie. Well, we'll wrap this up and you can finish it. Yeah, it's been awesome to chat, Natalie. Like, that's already one hour. Are you kidding? <laughs> it feels like about 20 minutes. Yeah, so it sure did. I think we're going to have to do a follow-up part two. Lots of wisdom there. <laughs> thank you. You've given our listeners. So thank you very much for your time today. It's been I great. I hope they get something out of it. 
Oh, it's, I think a lot of people will, so, and especially on a Monday morning, early on a Monday morning. <laughs> it all came down to the coffee, guys, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to the Surf Coast Roasters for the coffees. Um, yeah, it's been magnificent, so thank you. Awesome, thanks, guys. Just a quick shout out too to Dad. This will be airing on his birthday, September 3rd. So happy birthday, Dad! He's a happy birthday, Gary. Mad keen listener of the podcast. Didn't know what a podcast was until we started the podcast. So happy birthday, Dad! <laughs> and thanks again, Natalie.